Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hello, Mike. Hey, Chet. How are you? I am good. I am great. How are you? Well, I'm good if you're hearing me loud and clear now. Yeah, you sound like uh, almost normal. I mean, well, good. The only you sound the quality's good, but um, you're not in the room, so it's got a little bit. It has less of that echo. It sounds like when we did the uh, the uh, episode on the retreat. Right, and you can hear the birds in the background chirping and stuff. Yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just Very so everybody serene. knows that our our listening audience. Uh, I had a hard drive crash and lost six years worth of work, and I'm kind of in a tough spot over it. And so I'm operating off temporary gear right now, and so that things are altered from their usual course. Henceforth, I'm sitting on the porch, and there are these these little finches, these yellow-breasted yeah, finches yeah. that are feasting on the seeds all over these sunflowers in front of me, and I get a smoke too. Which is super cool. But uh, if you guys want to follow the play-by-play of what's happening with my hard drive in my life, and actually also New Mexico True Horror, given that this is now part of New Mexico True Horror, you guys go over to patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity, and you guys can follow along and also support me during this difficult time. Uh, thank you very much. Chat, what's up with you? Oh, your, your video just got excellent. So something happened with your Wi-Fi. It's like you're totally normal now. Just... Just in time, just in time for a great episode. I'm doing good. I'm getting uh, finishing painting for my villain show. I'm going to have 10 pieces. I thought I was only going to have eight. They're all going really fast. Um, Excellent. Two days a piece, maybe, which is the fastest I've ever painted. And uh, that's a good thing because I don't have a lot of time. That opens on the 13th of October at Copro Gallery. And, uh, yeah, so I've just been doing that, posting it on my Patreon and um, dealing with Yeah, that. and you guys should check that out. You guys can head over to patreon.com forward slash Chet Czar. That's true. And he has one of the hottest Patreons because I actually follow about 29 of them. And his is very active and he is showing all kinds of great behind the scenes stuff from villains and everything else he's working on, commissions and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, I do like one, at least one post a day of what I'm working on. So um, it's, it's pretty cool. I, got, I just put a time lapse of a zombie I painted last night. Just kind of fun. Nice. So, hey, I want to mention before we bring our guest in, I did forget to mention two things on the last episode of the recap of the Dark Art Society retreat. And these were two things that were brought up around the campfire. I'm not going to go into great detail, but one of the things was the utilization of Twitch in regard to Dark Art Society and that that could be a great avenue for spotlighting artists and being able to reach out and engage in this kind of a live stream, excuse me, activity. Uh, The other thing that was, and that was brought up by Sonia, actually, and she's really into um, Twitch. And if you want to check Sonia out, she does her artwork on Twitch, and it's uh, Sonia Ponya, and the way that it's Ponya is P-W-N-A. It's capital P, lowercase w, capital N, lowercase a. Um, The other thing that we brought up, and actually I brought this up, and that was pertaining to setting up chapters, because we're all basically roundtabling, you know, what do we want to do, where do we want to see the Dark Art Society go? And I was like, hey, 
I want to see chapters. I want to see people that want to represent an area where there is a confluence of dark art energy, but not enough exposure. And I want those people to step up and have a tier where they can get introductory packages for on the ground chapters with members that are operating. So eventually we can have a, a traveling show, dark art society show that is on the ground from place to place, these various chapters and be able to continue to legitimize and raise awareness about dark art being something uh, more of a fine art as opposed to what a lot of people have a tendency to think that it is, which is something we've been rallying against and for all along. So those were the two things that were missed. And I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned them before we moved on to our amazing guest today. Yeah, those are great ideas. Those are great ideas. It sounds like uh, maybe we should look to biker gangs to see how they do it. Having local chapters. I've, and stuff. I've done a bunch of that research, remember? Because when I was trying to work on the Zarmi, remember the Zarmi? Yeah, yeah. Like I did a bunch of research into all that, so I do know quite a bit about how to uh, to engage in at least the uh, the structural format of that particular aspect of <laughs> culture. Just that part of it, though. And, all right, yeah, those are great ideas. Thank you for bringing them up. Um, uh, so yeah, let's let's bring our guest on now. Now. Um, this guy, this dude, uh, he's he he's an old friend. He's uh, really, you know, I when I when I think I know people that I, I artists that I know that are actually geniuses, they're probably I can count them on one hand. And Dominic is absolutely a, an artistic genius, no question about it. Um, so. Uh, let, let me introduce you. We'll just start talking to him. His name's Dominic Hailstone, and he is an, an amazing filmmaker and painter and sculptor, like really a Renaissance artist. And he's got a new website up now, I believe, which you can see his brilliant work, which is, is it DominicHailstone.com? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's DominicHailstone.com. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yay. So I, let me, uh, the, I, I first became aware of your work. Um, I don't know how many years ago it was. It was a while. It was when I was working at Rick Baker's. So it must've been okay. 2000 or something like that. Did you do the eel that far back? Uh, it was, um, 2004, 2004. Okay. So it was probably right before I left uh, Rick's. So, um, uh, Bill Sturgeon, do you know Bill Sturgeon? Yeah, I know. Um, I can't remember. There's lots of people I've corresponded with on the internet and I can't remember if I've corresponded with him, but I, I know his work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he was like uh, Rick Baker's, uh, the guy who ran the shop and he's a okay. old, really old friend of mine. We worked together for many years, really great guy, but he gave me a copy of the eel, which is a short film you made, like you said, in 2004. And it was, it was yeah. really like, I could not believe how amazing it was. It's so fucked up and so beautiful and just incredible it's really amazing and it's it's on your website right yeah yeah it's on the website yeah there's a link to it from the web my website links to um oh, YouTube, to YouTube, but i've got a, i've got a vimeo channel as well um uh which is i think probably a slightly better quality but, okay you know yeah uh, so yeah did, did bill have a, a dvd of it yeah um, he had a dvd okay so yeah i definitely did correspond with him then yeah. sorry bill <laughs> uh, it's a long time ago i can't yeah, remember right. really names um but um yeah no i know i know bill's work and yeah yeah i obviously did come with him and then totally forget about it um, <laughs> yeah he's, <laughs> is, these things happen 
Yeah, he, especially yeah. Yeah, he he, yeah. he gave me he called me up to his, to his office and he's like, "You have to see this video. This is amazing." And, and uh, uh, you know, completely, completely, really blew my mind. Really, you know, it was so good that uh, it, it's it's just like it, it, it struck me like when you see. I mean, I I don't want to. I'm try. I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but it really like it stands out. <laughs> No, it's, it really right. stands out as a significant <laughs> a significant moment when you see a great artist like a Giger for the first time or Bekshinsky or something. And it just was like, this is amazing. Uh, and then I found out you did it all by yourself, right? Yeah. 100% yeah, yeah, by what, yourself. You filmed it by yourself. Yeah. You uh, Everything, yeah. all alone. And yeah. when you think that, it's just like, it's amazing on its own. But then when you realize you did it on your own, it's like this is this guy's insane. <laughs> this is like yeah. a genius at work. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've I've worked harder. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> the uh, uh, it was just a test. You know, it was a test. I I did one uh, short before then um, that I entered into a competition and ended up winning the competition. So I thought, okay, um, there's some you know there's something to pursue here, and then. For the next uh, for the next thing, I just said, well, what can I do just to test myself? So let's you know, let's use a really bog standard camera. Let's not let's use low end equipment. Let's make it for the cheapest um, price possible, and I'll do it all myself. Um, you know, uh, originally there was a plan to have like an old man in it and stuff, and mm. it didn't. You know what I mean? But and there was, I think there was a a point where there was like a girl came in the room and screamed mm. or something. I can't remember. You know what I mean? But oh, wow. as I was making it, I was like, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need it. Like, it doesn't need it. Just didn't it, need it. Yeah. yeah. I think the effects sort of got in the, you know, like my, my friend, um, I mean, the whole, the whole thing started because I, well, I went to work in Australia about 20 years ago and um, I met this guy called Robert Clun. And uh, he's he's got this. Um, it, he, he does all the music by himself, and he's got his his band's called Eight Conflict. Mm. And uh, check it out because I mean I remember I remember listening to that music and going like, please don't anyone sing on it. You know right? I mean? Yeah. As, as it went along, you know, yeah, the it, music's great. Yeah, I remember thinking that this. What I still think when when I listen to that track by my you know because I've got it on my you know my head on my you know my own whatever you know i'm listening to it on right. and i still think when i listen to it it's one of the most unique bits of music i've ever heard i love it you know yeah. i absolutely love it. and and when you um i could just see it in my head it, huh. it you know yeah I well i noticed that so. right away chet chet turned me on to that video it was the first video i watched and i'm always real attentive to credits and all of how the, how that goes because i'm a filmmaker and so i i mm. right at the end i saw oh okay i see he heard this music and was then inspired to create this this vision that he had from listening to it. And so then it made all the more sense when I watched it the second time, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a music video. That's what it right. is. I mean, I was I was trying to break into uh, – I had done, actually, and I was working for a production company at the time, and I'd done a couple of proper, you know, professional music videos, which are on my site, you know. Right. And, um, and then the production company went down – and um uh yeah and i was just like well what do i do oh, no, I'll, I'll do that you know i'll do the thing it's it, it kind of been sitting in my head for like a year um mm. and um just trying to think of any 
you know, it's quite far back. Oh yeah, the, um, do you know Ween? You know the band Ween? Uh huh. Yeah, Ween. Ween. They, yeah. They've got Ween. Yeah, they've got a song called Golden Eel, and um, whenever I heard that song. Uh, I, I imagined an eel swimming in a tank with a human face, you know. Oh, cool! <laughs> and, and so it was kind of like something that I had I had sitting in the back of my head that came out. You know what I mean? That right. just meshed with the thing. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I, I what I I love um, one of the great features of that video, and we'll get you know, of course, we're going to get onto <laughs> your other work, but um, <clears throat> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the uh, all the After Effects stuff you did on it. Like you, you combined makeup effects and After Effects, and there's like a, it's it's a ton of After Effects work, right? Yeah, it's yeah, mostly yeah. it's yeah. probably mostly After Effects mm-hmm. compositions, right? No, no, like the, the eel. Like whenever you see the eel, it's literally me putting a bit of polyfoam through a like unskinned polyfoam. Um, mm-hmm. Which, if, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's like the, the thing that we use to in, in effects to, you know, um, when we make really cheap dummies. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was, um, yeah, um, it, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just polyfoam and I was dragging wow. it through the water with my, with my hand. So, wow. so whenever you see that, just the eel, that's all I'm doing. Yeah, but all that um, stuff at the end where it starts flowering and oh, there's yeah. like snail, I, yeah. I, I, I could see you put like, you filmed snails, right? Yeah, snail yeah, yeah, eye stalks, yeah. and you put them on. So there's these little snail eye stalks coming out, and it's like there's no way he made yeah. that part. I mean, that's no, got to no, be, no. yeah. It's no, no, so no. the way you did that was so inspiring to me. Just I could tell, I kind of could tell a little bit how you did it and other stuff. I was like, shit, how is he doing this? That- yeah, I mean, again, I just wanted to use what was in my immediate vicinity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, just let's go down the garden, and <laughs> and same with the one. You know, same with the worm. You know, uh-huh. I didn't, I I didn't kill anything for it. I, I okay. you know, um, <laughs> I have to, I have to say that because I, I, I can't. I find it really. Uh, I, I'm a real worse when it comes to that sort of. I, I actually, I actually have. A, I don't think you should kill anything for a film. Like, I even agree, fly. man. Because it's agree. it's entertainment. You know what I mean? And, yeah, um, I agree. That's why I can't watch I, it. Can, Cannibal Holocaust. I've never yeah, seen yeah. Cannibal Holocaust because there's no way I'm going to be able to watch the uh, animal part, the real animal killings. No. I think it's horrible. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have seen that film, and I don't. I think it's kind of an amazing film. Um, yeah, it looks I can't amazing, it. except I, I can't. <laughs> I can't do yeah. it. I want. I always say I wish <laughs> someone would edit, do an edit for people that can't deal with seeing animals get killed because it'll bother me for like two weeks. I don't have time to be bothered like that <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real shame because it's quite a pioneering movie. I know, you know? I know. It, yeah, I yeah. know, I know all about. And it. The, yeah, yeah, and obviously the amazing, you know, the steak, right, you know, the woman right. steak. It's like I still that still freaks me out how good that is. Yeah, you know, yeah, how, I know. Yeah, it's an incredible special effect. You know. Um, well, speaking of special effects, now did you yeah. did you start out as a makeup effects artist? We have, we have kind of similar kind of career paths in a way, right? Didn't you you came out of the yeah. makeup effects industry, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that since. I mean, I've been I've been sort of you know fucking around with rubber since I was about eight. Wow. But um, uh, professionally, uh, I think I was eighteen or nineteen. I can't remember which. And I did. I worked on. Um, 
uh, well, we I started off with a guy called Duncan Charman. Have you ever heard of Duncan Charman? No. You know, um, we used to make like like VHS horror movies with a guy called Alex Chandon, and um, I was always making films like my, well, myself. I used to make films with this guy called Barney Barney Clay, um, mm -hmm. who, who now lives in LA actually, oh. and um, that sort of snowballed. And then I got in contact with with Alex and Duncan. And, and Duncan still does effects. He's actually, I, you know, I think he, you know, handles a lot of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's makeup. Oh, you wow. know, he did the rep. You know, it's amazing. Right. He's an incredible artist. Is he? And, uh, um, you, he's in the UK still, or is that the guy? That yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, he's in the UK, and he, he works a lot with Mark Julio. And um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we started out doing these low-budget VHS horror movies, and um, then we did our first film together, which was uh, The Funny Man uh, for Neil Gordon. Okay, and yeah. Um, yeah, and that was the, that was kind of the beginning of it. And then you know, did oh god, I can't remember how many other films that everything you know, all my work got cut out of. You know? Right, <laughs> <laughs> that old <laughs> which story. Is pretty usual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just the usual. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're a, an amazing sculptor too. It's a, the, the thing that impresses me. It's not like you. It's not like you just can do those different things. But the things that you do are like as good as it gets. Really, like your sculpture, sculpture work is fucking off the charts. And also, yeah. you're, you're a paint. You're a painter too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank I mean, you, your yeah. paintings are amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Thank it's you. just crazy. So everybody needs to check this website set out. Because it's just unbelievable. I so, mean, I'm, I I look at your paintings, so and they they send me to another level, man. So you know, I appreciate the, it. You know, the yeah, the admiration is mutual. I mean, they just made me trip out. I can't, you know what I mean? Incredible. Uh, <laughs> good. That's good. That's, that's what I'm going. That's what <laughs> I'm going for. So okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously you were an art kid, right? Like as a kid, yeah. you were making stuff since probably you yeah. were you were young. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Always drawn to darker things, I imagine, or no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a weird, I mean, my childhood is like, I, I kind of, I grew up in a, like a religious cult, you know? And, really? Um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Which one? It was based in, it was a street in Moy. Um, it was based that. in Queens in, in New York. And um, we weren't allowed to go to the cinema. Um, or watch, you know, or watch horror films at all, wow. uh, or, you know, anything considered bad, you know, bad consciousness. So, um, and he, you know, he's a, he was a, like an Indian, uh, you know, like, a, a, you know, I'm not sure what he was, but, you know, he was like a, you know, Indian holy, holy man. You know, right. You know? Was it like and a hippie kind of cult? It was like, have you seen, um, um, wild, wild country? Yeah. Either. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was. Exactly like that. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we weren't like all fucking each other, right? So it, <laughs> well, that's a plus. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was. No, I, don't, I don't think you know. There were, I don't. Yeah, there weren't any murders planned or anything. You know, but uh, it was. You know, when I saw that documentary, I was like, it, I just had flashbacks. It was exactly like that. Oh my um, god. Wow. Yeah, and there were you know, it's weird. Um, um, so it was sort of polarizing. My my mum was very into that, and my dad was um, just not into that at all. Oh, you know, okay. my mum's like a hippie, and my dad's like a kind of he's a he's a numismatist, a, a coin dealer, okay. and um, yeah, he's very sort of numismatist, yeah. 
and, and he's um, very into sort of science and, you know, he's a very logical guy. Oh. So, uh, but he was always like, no, 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 watch whatever you want. You know, um, here, here, watch The, the Exorcist or uh, Evil Dead. So I saw The Evil Dead when I was about eight or something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but, but weirdly, he wouldn't let me watch things that he considered had bad morals you know so uh. he, he would he let me watch the evil dead or the exorcist because it's fantasy but he wouldn't allow me to watch the equalizer you know because uh. it was about revenge right and, um you know what i mean and it's it's sort of negative and i, I didn't really understand that because i just the music was amazing but um <laughs> you know i just live for that title tune and like seeing edward woodward come out of the smoke and, you know uh. and um <laughs> and um uh yeah but it was so i still have that that probably feeds into what we were talking about with cannibal holocaust is that i still have that um I, it's sort of quite a moral you know what i mean i don't right. i even don't really like gore that much right, and, right. even though i've done lots of it <laughs> <laughs> well you're good at it too so yeah. well that video you there's that one video you did with that where that guy's falling off the building Oh, the ISIS video, yeah. Yeah, Not that's that high. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the ISIS recruitment video you did? No, the band ISIS. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor guys. Um, yeah, that video. ISIS is the that that that, yeah. uh, that video is really amazing. That one I couldn't figure out. I can't figure out how you did it with, with the face squishing onto the ground and stretching. It was so cool. That's kind of. know? Yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? It's a, I mean, it's a puppet, uh, and it's, um, it was on like a sort of ram rod, uh, and the, the, the pavement is vertical, and the camera is, you know, tilted to one side, so that we just squished the puppet into the pavement, and then um, afterwards, I got the actor, and I comped in, um, in using After Effects, I comped in like tiny pieces of him and tracked them onto the puppet, oh. you know? Okay. And That's seamless. Um, yeah, and and it's it's amazing though because the timing was such that I remember like a plugin came out for After Effects as I was doing the the shot that enabled me to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually had no idea I was going to do it, and then this plugin was released literally the week that I was going to do it. And oh, I, wow. it <laughs> I love it when that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love well, After you. Effects. I love love After Effects, man. I could spend my whole life on After Effects. Chep so blew much. my mind, man. I can't even. I, I'm I'm like I'm so clunky on After Effects. I I look like a toddler with blocks, and it's like Chet comes over here to <laughs> like I had these major problems with some sh shots that I'd done for the documentary because I was just rusty for yep. some of the first few shots, having not done that in a while. And Chet yeah. sits down at the computer and he's doing this shit, and I'm watching him, and it was like magic. I mean, it was like this magician network. I'm sitting there like, holy fucking shit, like. Now, I, and as a filmmaker, someone who went to school for it, I'm sitting here like, that's how they did A, B, C, D, E, right. F, and G. You know what I mean? Because yeah. watching him do that, like, all the light bulbs, all the fireworks, you know? And then now, of course, it seems, like, easy. Of course, I can't do it myself. But the concept, <laughs> at least cognitively, I can wrap my head around Yeah, it. it's such a powerful program. It's, it's, it's amazing. If anyone out there hasn't tried it and wants to get it, it's so easy to the basics, I hope you agree with this, Chet. The basics are so easy to learn. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, it kind of expands 
I mean, it's still expanding. I mean, I still don't know half of the program. Right, right. <clears throat> You've been using it for 15 years. It's, 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 I think the Adobe Suite is incredible. Yeah, incredible. I, f- I finally was able to subscribe and get the, um, you know, after using cracked copies of Adobe stuff forever, I finally, yeah. finally was able to afford to, once they do the, uh, the, the monthly payment thing for the whole suite, and it's like, it's incredible. And it's always updated. Which is great when yeah. you do it that way. It's so it's it's just the whole suite's incredible. It's amazing. You know that that cracked version you had is the one that that I made ILTPM on, and that's what I just lost with that hard drive crash with my whole Adobe suite. Like so, the one cracked version that I had of it is now gone, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> hmm. I have this vintage iMac from 2002 with Final Cut Pro and like 764 mm. RAM. I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna do anything no. for it. <laughs> that's not gonna do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's- yeah. There's a saying in um, you know IT, which is it's always to be capped in hindsight. There's a saying in IT, which if it isn't in three places, it doesn't exist. Yeah, right. sure. yeah. <laughs> I I've lost. I'm totally with you, Mike. I've lost. You know, I've lost some of the best stuff I ever did. You know, I'm yeah. like it's terrific. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think everyone uses computer. Yeah, I was. That's what I was saying earlier to Mike. It's like that's that's one of those things that happens to everybody who works on computers at least once in their life, and then it usually never happens again because it's so such a horrible experience that you back you make sure and back everything up after that. Yeah, they <laughs> should put that. They should put that in the end of a movie, shouldn't they? They should be like you know the Terminator just crashes. Right. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would buy it. That's like, okay, it's crashed. Skynet crashes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, you did you have you you basically started your career in makeup effects, like your art career, or were you doing films before yeah. then? Or as uh, no, as, I know, mean career career. In, well, yeah, in, it's a it's an odd question to answer because in the cult, um, we did a lot. Of, there were lots of um, quite. Famous people used to sort of dip in and out of it. Um, really? Yeah, like, like who? Um, <laughs> like you know, uh, like John McLaughlin. You know John McLaughlin. No way, really. From the yeah, Mahavishnu uh, Orchestra. Yeah, that that name comes from Sri Chin Moy's. Yeah, that wow. name comes from. Wow. So, uh, so I yeah, and um, you know, uh, Carlos Santana, I, I think was there. Like. Um, I, it, the, the guru loved ET. I'm pretty sure Spielberg visited. Eddie Murphy visited. So you'd wow. have these, you'd have these people like, and also I went to a weird school that was just full of actors and sons of daughters of you, you know, it, like Billy Conley's daughter was in my class. Oh wow! And, you know what I mean? It was like it, so. I kind of grew up thinking it was normal, right. you know. And yeah. to this day, it annoys people I know. They're just like you, just name dropping twat, you know, and <laughs> and. <laughs> and I am, you know, I am. <laughs> drop, but I can't really help it because it's sort of, it's kind of, it's Part expected. Of but anyway, yeah, exactly. But so in the cult, um, they got me to make an ET mask, and um, uh, you know, and I did when I was about eight or nine. So that was my first professional wow. job. You know, I made it like a rubber ET mask. I'd like uh, to see that. I bet it's pretty, <laughs> pretty amazing for an eight-year-old. I bet. Yeah, I think I've got. I might have a picture somewhere, uh, and then that'll be the picture um, I, for I the made, like, for the promotional ad we'll make for the show. 
Yeah, just and kidding. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> just uh, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Um, <laughs> and and then we, and then we um uh, or I we, we did at school. We did, I remember doing a puppet show with friends of mine with, with like creep show with the crate, you know. And oh wow. And uh, I mean that's not paid, you know. Ever. And then I met, I had to make fake beards. Again, this was a play about Jesus and the in the cult. And I'm you know I made sort of these fake beards that people would stick on with spirit gum, you know, and um, wow. like reusable beards, you know, um, it didn't really work, you know, but <laughs> whatever, wow. it doesn't really matter. I was 10 or eight, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, I did the whole, you know, just not being interested in anything for, you know, sort of girls and, and uh, video game, you know, like the teenage thing, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and I was kind of going to go to art college, but by that, point i was like no i, I want to do movies and um yeah yeah then then that you know that just segued into the the funny man and uh yeah well which was the first film i did with duncan yeah, yeah. but it i did start very very early like just being upset i mean there's pictures on my facebook page you'll see of me i was at you know horrible attention seeking child i probably still am mm. uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know yeah it's um you know you know Harold and Moore. Have you seen Harold and Moore? Oh, of course, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, and that's that was me. You know, yeah. It was just my mom stepping over a puddle of blood. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, yep. I used yeah. to do. I used to do that shit all the time. Yeah, to, to my parents, tortured them that way. Luckily, they they're good. Had a good sense of humor about it. Mm. Um, yeah, they didn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, that's um, probably why. I, yeah, what's that? No, that's probably why I did it. You know, they're just walking around going, they don't care. You right, know, just, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, like hip, hippie. You know, sort of easygoing parent, and they're just like, yeah, okay, do it. You know. Yeah, like, it's funny. It's but funny. I'm dead. <laughs> it's funny because I used to do stuff like that, and and my mom would always laugh and no chat, you know, like laugh and kind of um, be cool about it, and then I would do stuff on my friends in the neighborhood and they would go show their moms. And I, one of my friends, yeah. mother fucking freaked out. I did. Uh, a, yeah. I did. a yeah. <clears throat> Might've been like a nail through his hand or something or something or a cut off yeah. finger or something. And, and the kid goes into his mother and just goes, ah, 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 like it was screaming, like, you know, like, like she, she just went, ah, and started screaming and it, they were so pissed at me. It's like really, it was your kid screaming that did it. It wasn't so much the nail through the hand, but I get it. You're not used to this kind of stuff. Yeah, but you were you were evil. So, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, on the other hand, the kinds of things I did was leave boards out with nails through them and go off somewhere else, and then my mom would come out in the back porch and step through the nail and have it going completely through her foot with the board attached to her foot. Oh my god. And my dad would have to take her up into the bathtub and remove it, you know, and there'd be some fiasco, and it was like because I did some dumb shit that was like not intended to be a practical <laughs> effect, but ultimately ended in a very realistic outcome. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully you weren't doing that on purpose. <laughs> I wasn't. I, it was like, like I said, I'd like have a board and I'd pound some nails through it, you know, and then I'd like leave it there and wander off. My mom would come out on the porch or, you know, I'd like have a yeah. piece of cardboard on my lap and I'd be punching holes with a pencil and just put it straight into my knee and break oh, yeah. the lead off inside my knee and shit. Just constantly doing stuff like that to myself and other people yeah, and yeah. unintentionally, but I, did I that. never, 
that it was like for me it was never a practical a joke it was always like a, <laughs> a dumbass move you know i did that one time i was ca cutting carpet out for my clubhouse or something i had a utility knife and i was cutting it like like pulling towards myself and boom it just jammed right into my knee and i had to go get stitches yeah. in my knee that like see all the little fat balls in there it was really gross yeah but, yeah I that's I chopped my knee open with a machete. My right knee just lodged the whole machete right in my knee. And then like th three weeks later, after they'd just gotten the stitches out, I crashed on my motorcycle and ripped my left knee wide open and had to get stitches in that. And it was just like one thing after another with me, really. <laughs> yeah, I used to, we used to yeah. go to the emergency room once a year, for sure. Well, I wanted to be a stuntman when I was a kid. Me my too. Mom, you know, I did too. Yeah, my mom came home one day and I was about to jump off the roof. And she <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I put all the like in and out or whatever, and I was going to jump on, you know, and um, yeah, I remember. That. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I broke my. I remember I broke my knee as well. It's just horrible. Uh, and uh, we're just we're just doing jaws. We're doing jaws, aren't we? Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I jumped off the roof one time with an umbrella to see if it would work, <laughs> like Mary Poppins. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I was really that's good. At, yeah, I was good at falling though. Like I, I, I could. That's why I was thinking I wanted to be a yeah. stuntman because I would go running as fast as I can and just make myself trip and go flying yeah. through the air and, and hit the ground. And I used to stick my foot in my front tire of my bike when I was riding, so I would go over the handlebars. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe I did all that shit. <laughs> oh man, if I did I that now, I, I'd be I, dead. I, I feel old now because of all the things I've broken. You know right. what I mean? I, <laughs> I feel there's just bits that sh ache that shouldn't ache, you mm -hmm. know. And um, but it, yeah, I, I really don't do. I'm so inactive now; it's it's horrific. I know, but, me um, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything I like to do is everything I like to do is sitting down. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like either on the computer or painting, or you know, I should probably stand when I paint, but. Um, so okay, so how did you get into uh, make? You, I guess you started making films, like you said, with mm -hmm. your friends, and then how did you get into um, becoming a filmmaker? Really? Well, we had we had my dad had he used to get things. He was a you know coin dealer, so he used to get things in lots. You know, and we had like an old Sony. We still got it, an old Sony video camera, which I think was released in nineteen sixty nine. So no way. Um, yeah, I, I was born in 1973, so I grew up with that in my house. Um, wow. It, you know, we, it's still there. Uh, my dad still got it, and he records onto these big reels, I think, which last about half an hour. And we used to record, like, uh, well, he used to record, you, you know, old episodes of Doctor Who onto it, you know. Right. Which, Is it black and white? You know, was it a black and white camera? Like those old um, black yeah, and white the, video cameras? Yeah, the camera was black and white, but I, I believe the, unless my memory is wrong, that, that you could record color onto the tape. Mm. So you could then plug that into the TV and then that worked. Um, and um, so we always had that. I didn't use it that much, but we, he used to rent video cameras out for me. And I used to make little movies when I was, you know, with my sister and stuff. I made a zombie movie, you know, oh, and, wow. <laughs> um, you know, edit them in camera, you know, as mm -hmm. you're making them. And then moved on to like uh with my friend uh, barney excuse me uh doing super eight movies and then you know um we didn't shoot any 16 i don't think and and then there was a bit of a yeah then i got into effects and you know just left that all behind and then kind of kind of picked that up when i was about 27 or 28 again oh um 
because the, the sort of plan I had a kind of plan in my head that it doesn't really work. You know, the plan never worked. But the plan was to go into the film industry and learn, go, visit all the different departments and learn about how everything is made. Hmm. Um, and then you would be, uh, uh, you know, a better director. I always wanted to direct stuff or just, you know, like make stuff. Hmm. Um, the problem with that plan, as you probably know, is that it's actually better if you're sort of ignorant of that as a director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, 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 you then feel sorry for the people you're putting, you know, you kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, you know, yeah. Like, ignorance well, I know is bliss. Nothing about yeah, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know nothing about costumes. And so when I get the, the I know nothing about fashion at all. So when someone makes a costume for me or, or something like that, I'm amazed by it um, right. that they've stitched it all together. Right. You know, I'm right. not, you know, but if I knew about that, I'd be like, Oh my God, you don't have to do that. That's, right. <laughs> that's too right. much work. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. Um, and you know how much work goes into effects. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, practical effect. Yeah. And, and digital. digital. It's just, right. it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, 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 I did this, you know, not to bring it back to me again, but I, I, I just, I keep seeing these common threads because I, I, I started off, um, you know, drawing and painting when I was little, sculpting, whatever, when I was really young. And then when I was, I think, nine years old, I discovered my dad's Super 8 camera. So I started making movies and editing them, you know, editing in camera. And then eventually I got a little splicing machine so I could splice them together and tape, the, tape them together. And I, I wanted to be a director. That was my thing. And then I got, yeah. and then I discovered makeup effects, and it just completely sidetracked the filmmaking thing forever. Yeah. Really, you know, it was yeah. like as soon as I got hooked into effects, I was just so fascinated and so into it that um, I never went back. Really, you know, so I still kind of have this filmmaker part of me that it's still there. Well, you, I, a, you know, I'd love to. You make animation, that, yeah. I mean, if anyone <clears throat> listening hasn't seen. Are they online your animations? I mean, you gave me a DVD. Oh yeah, it? yeah, oh. the three D animation stuff I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, on. It's it's not supposed to be, but someone posted them all on YouTube. I think. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I got to get that. I got to get that reprinted because it's um, out of stock. But yeah, yeah, it's just you know those are. I can make art imagery, right? But you know, I've never really told a linear kind of story except back yeah. when i was 10 11 years old on super 8 so as much as i yeah i still have that thing and i feel like i could do it i i've never really um i've never really had the opportunity to tell a story like a traditional story in a film although with the documentary i kind of helped that a little bit with that but that was mostly well you, you, you helped a lot with that but it's like of course that's the place to start is like telling your own story you know and the thing is is that's you know a harder story i think to tell than a lot of people realize until they've done it you know i think that you realized that but also right. there was you know you got heavily involved in just the production side of it and wanting to assist in you know editing and assist in after effects and to you know create an overall vision so i feel like you did kind of get to ignite that fire again for yourself yeah for sure i got i got totally interested again after that uh project so hopefully someday we'll see dystopia yes the dystopia project <laughs> i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i don't know it was great being a producer though the great thing was that you know mike did this documentary about me and 
I kind of ended yeah. up coming on as an executive producer. <clears throat> and it was really, I have to say, it was really nice to be able to have ideas and just say, hey, can you do this, Mike? And not have to deal <laughs> with it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, well, that's not only that, but it's like, I think a big part of that working relationship is if I had been, you know, resistant or a stalwart about it, then it wouldn't have been a fulfilling experience. It's all about who you work with. Yeah, and like, sure. you know, I was, I was real open to that. And that's because yeah. I am, you know, you and I mesh well in that way. But it's like, if you'd gotten a filmmaker who was like, no, I don't, that's not the vision at all. Right. You know, it would have sucked. It would have sucked for you. You would have hated being an executive producer. You that's know? true. How, how, how do you like yeah. Dominic? How do you like uh, working with the crew? Cause it's so weird. You know, it's, you seem like, you know, if you're like me, you're kind of like a solitary type of artist who enjoys to work, yeah. work alone. And then having a crew I, is like I, a whole different yeah. deal. I, I love working with crew. Um, I love being alone, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's a weird one. I, I feel completely at home on set. Oh, wow. it, it, annoys, it annoys me that I, I don't get to do it very often. Right. You know? like, I mean, like, like most directors, I mean, even a, a working director isn't on set that often. Right, you know what I mean, so yeah. you know, so um, but I I like you know I like very calm sets. I like you know I I really cannot stand this sort of military style right. operation. That you, so you're not a that, screamer. You know, like, you're not a no, Mike, you're not no, a I mean, you're not a Michael do. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a screamer. I worked on one of his yeah, movies. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I've heard the story. <laughs> the, um, I mean, you do. I, you definitely have lost it. You know, I've definitely lost it at people. You oh, know, yeah. Um, I imagine the tense stress is really can be really high on a set, especially when time yeah. is running out, man, and, and the lights going. And it's not. I don't think I've. Yeah, I've never. I've never. I don't think I've ever sort of screamed on set, but like I've definitely screamed at the producers before. Um, <laughs> um, they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they gotta yeah. come well, the thing, yeah exactly they, they don't most of them don't seem to sort of realize that like if you if you fuck up as a director like you might not work again right you know? um you know uh you know i mean that that happened to me you know what i mean i like you, you know like we lost um you know i was doing one video which i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna get into but it you know we i lost about two weeks worth of post on it um because of a simple, simple mistake that I was, um, I was, I was really pushed. I, you know, I was checking that this mistake wasn't going to, you know, every day. Oh, uh, really? This, this, yeah. And then it, it didn't arrive. These things didn't, and you know, it was, it was something that I could have, I didn't have time to do, but right. I could have just done on my laptop, you know, um, and let the thing do. It was like a render, you know, right. and, um, and I was, I can't believe, you know, I was just like, I, I just, I've never been that like angry or, or like just confused. Right. You know, because like I made sure it was the war, it was literally the one thing in the production that I was really persistent about. So all, all I can think of is it was just a passive aggressive move on his part. Right. You, know? you got to tell, tell me I, about that after we're, after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. the thing about working, you know, that's the thing about the, the crew situation is that, you know, that's, I, I didn't never as an effects guy never really enjoyed being on set because I was so shy and oh, it's awful. Yeah, and and it's so boring. But yeah. um, 
you know, it's a different story if you're directing something. And uh, I did like the camaraderie of a crew because usually most of the people on the crew are super cool. They're like artists, most of them, like the costumers, the set designers. They all have, you know, they're like arty type people. So they're really cool and chill and kind of liberal. And it's it's a great and it's always sad at the end of a movie because everyone, you know, you're not going to see them again. And, um, you you know, you build friendships and stuff. So I did kind of enjoy that aspect of it but but when you're making a movie you really depend as a director or a producer you're really depending on your crew you know because you yeah. can't do it all yourself so you have to trust those it, people yeah it's good i mean the thing about being an artist is that you you um you speak the same language as the crew mm-hmm. you know what i mean they they sort of immediately respect i actually don't really like the word artist but you 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 know Creative. you yeah, it's just something. I mean, it's not. It's nothing. You know, it's something I was sort of bought. It was slapped out. Of me I think. I. I, sure. I, I think create creator is the best word now. I've switched. I've switched from artist to creator. I think that kind of covers yeah. more things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. But but you know, when you're on a crew like that, they kind of automatically respect you because they've seen your work and they're like, oh, you're one of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. The, the problems are always with the executives of people giving you money and you, always. You, it's it's but you have to learn to speak their language you know mm-hmm. um you know and so you have to go like no that this money as soon as you start talking about money then they're like oh okay you know and right <laughs> they generally sort of back up it and it is down to you to, to learn their language um because yeah. they're probably not going to do it that's true <laughs> that's true that's a good point <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're the one that's suffering, you know, so you should probably learn to, yeah, like... Communicate with Yeah, dig your, dig your way out of the hole a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, how do you feel about that, Mike? What do you, you know, like... Well, I, I haven't really dealt with a lot of that because I took a really strange route. I, uh, I graduated from college with a degree that I created myself, and then I worked <laughs> in the casino industry... Um, as a cashier so that I could basically stockpile a body of work on the side. And so I spent about 10 years writing books and screenplays and, and creating a body of work. And then it got to a point where, you know, I got interested in making this documentary about Chet and I, you know, needed money. So I started crowdfunding and learning how to do that and making money to do it and also still working the casino job. And then a certain point came where it was like, finish the film or keep doing this casino thing. And I'd always been working towards doing the other things. So I quit doing the casino thing and continued on, you know, filmmaking, but it's all been, you know, totally indie crowdfunded everything. I mean, I've never dealt with anybody in Hollywood. I've never dealt with legitimate executive producers, all the people that his crew was like, what you had maybe one or two people helping you at, m- at most at any times. And mostly Every it was just once you. in a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, it was, it was like, I, I had, uh, you. yeah, I had a, uh, one, uh, an old friend of mine, Tom Enzyme, who was, who helped me learn filmmaking when I was, he was actually part of me building my degree. Uh, he came down and I did some lighting for some of the first shooting and, uh, he came down for another shoot at another point in time. But yeah, it was pretty much just me. So I would like roll up on a place. I don't know the person walk up, build rapport with them, set everything up, sit them down, shoot them and interview them and dial while I'm shooting and interviewing, tear it all down and then load it all up and go to the next place, you know? And I think I did 48 interviews, 48 or 49 interviews, crazy. um, drove to LA, you know, 16 times in four years and back by myself. And, you know, yeah, so it was all pretty much just me. So it's It's not like I really, (laughs) 
you know, I was shooting like when I was doing the, the stop action sequences and stuff. And that's me. I'm building those sets. I'm setting the lighting. I'm doing the the you know the shoot, step in, move, shoot, step in, move. You know all that stuff. So I don't have a, a very um, like a typical experience or mainstream experience of that industry. And that was intentional on my part. Absolutely, that was kind of my, part of my plan, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you probably. Met, I'm, you know, I, I. I'm not. I'm not even sure. Um, I'm not working. You know, I'm working with a production company in LA at the moment. Doing, you know, developing a feature. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, but they're really. The you know the guy uh, the the guys who run it. It's you know Flying Lotus. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I've never met him, Stephen. I can't remember his name. But the the other, uh, it's called Brain Feeder Films. This is just a little plug, I guess. But the other guy, Eddie Alcazar, who's he's. he's just made a, f- a feature um, that I did some digital effects for, and um, it's called Perfect. That's coming out in December, but they're yeah. really nice people. Oh, you know? great. Uh, I've known Eddie for like 12 years or so. I did some effects from like 12 years ago, and um, I think it was, I mean, maybe it was a bit shorter, but, um, you know, my, my thing is like you just have to meet the people and see if you get on with them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Every single time that I've met someone and I've I've kind of gone okay I'll do this but I don't really like them. <laughs> that never I, works out. <laughs> um, I, no, it never works out. I've got the worst poker face. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, I can't do it. You know, like they know that I'm pissed off. I'll just sit there going, uh huh. You know, like <laughs> and um, um and so you know as I've got older, like um. The, uh, I've been to a lot of those meetings, and uh, Jesus Christ, they're so boring. Ah, I can't do terrible. it. Production meetings are the I worst. I can't do it. <laughs> That's the worst. Well, you know, it's funny for me, Dominic, because I uh, I worked in the casino industry as a, in, within a managerial capacity for many years with a lot of money and a lot of people under me and doing a lot of business-related stuff, and that's not my forte at all. I'm, I'm an artist or a creator, whatever. You know, I always did yeah. that. That's what I went to school for. That's what I wrote my degree for. So I had to learn this whole other skill set that I didn't realize I was preparing myself with to be able then to be endowed with for future endeavors. And so it's been an odd yeah. thing for me to transition now into doing this because I find that it's not difficult for me to engage in those kinds of discussions and meetings and those types of people and whether they're pumped up or not all the way from the top to the bottom. Cause in the casino industry, you're dealing with people that like you're trying to intervene it's to help them with their the gambling money. addiction, <laughs> you know, all the way down yeah. to like the low people that have been there for three days and they're not cleaning themselves. And you're like, you have to intervene mm-hmm. as a manager and help them all the way up to like these pumped up execs that have all the money. And they're just like dropping 50 grand on machine after machine after machine. And so it's, it's, funny because you know i find that as i've moved forward and albeit i haven't had to deal with some of these like larger uh, uh, official production houses and things of that nature within the crowdfunding realm at least you know and outsourcing and networking and marketing i find that it's 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 a, a funny skill set that i've developed that has helped me because i don't have a difficult time necessarily doing that really kind of like ordinary it's all about the money let's look at the demographics and talk about the flow charts you know that's not a thing for me i did that for so many years that yeah. it's like okay well another day at the fucking office you know yeah that's great tr- that was great training yeah yeah just that variety of people yeah no that is yeah um have you done have you uh dominic have you crowd you haven't crowdfunded anything have you for your own no, stuff 
No, I got kind of, I sort of interested in it a little bit, but then I kept hearing stories about like how much work it was. And um, yeah. I realized I hire someone else to do it because I'm not, I'm just not interested in doing that. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That's what um, people pay me to do. Yeah, Mike so, does yeah. it for people. <laughs> it's pretty but, great. But also like, I, you know, I'm, co- I'm sort of constantly, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I work the whole time. So I, Part of the problem is that I kind of just say yes when people, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really have to stop saying yes to, you know, you know, when jobs come in and really focus on what I want to do, um, right. which I am doing. I mean, it is, it's just slower and it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really bother me too much, but um, it, um, yeah, I mean, what do you, I mean, obviously you crowdfunded. What was that like? Oh, it's a, it's a lot of work. Definitely for yeah. a, for a month, it's it's kind of insane, but um, you know Mike is really good at it. So <clears throat> I I I think right. I, all everything I've done has been with Mike. I didn't do it. Did I do them by myself? The only one that I had less involvement in on a certain level was your ego death one. Right. I mean, I made your that video was the first for one, you, though, right? And yeah, that was your first one, and that was after I'd done my first one, and that was in 2013. And I and I made the video for you, and I ran peripheral admin and and did a bunch of promoting and marketing, but I didn't actually run, I didn't build that page for right. you, and I didn't actually help you, you know, scheme out how to tier things and yeah, price yeah. points and all it's, that kind of stuff. But then from then on all the dystopia ones i did right. all those for you yeah, off the yeah. Bottom. it's i mean once you do one it's kind of hard not to do another one because you, you figure out the ropes and it is stressful and a pain in the ass but just the idea that you have you have the freedom you get the money directly from the people who want to see the work is so cool yeah you know and not have to deal with anybody uh for, for in an executive position micromanaging you and yeah shit. yeah you you literally you do what you want with that money for the project so it's yep. it's 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 a really uh you would kill a, a i think uh a crowdfunding thing i think well not only that you know i would say the other benefit of it on top of the fact that you get money to do this project is that you're able to further build and augment your fan base because when you do it it creates a lot of press and if you do it right you're doing you know you start before the kickstarter launches and so you spend a good period mm-hmm. of time really pushing this thing and pushing this thing so the people that get invested you know they become invested on a sentimental level and they they are intrinsically interested in the process and then they're interested in the next thing you're going to do and so there is this kind of peripheral benefit that in the long run it's kind of like Pete Morbacher said you know we can work with these people that have these big monies and have specific interests that will eventually hobble us in our ability to achieve our our creative vision or on the other hand we can create a fan base that will pay us directly and we can cut that middleman out of the scheme and that's the way the world's headed anyway look at the film industry look at music mm-hmm. industry look at publications you know so i mean even the publication industries are all headed towards helping us self-publish because that's where the money's at you right. know it's not from the big execs anymore so yeah i think it would be a great fit for you for sure and it's always again i mean of course i sell myself but it's always yeah. better to have somebody on board that knows what the fuck is up yeah. for sure yeah. because yeah, then you're not going to be running into all this shit and be like oh my god i don't know how to deal with this and if you know have someone on board, they're like, "Oh, I do." And here, let me help you not have to deal with four more things before they happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I quite I quite like throwing myself in a in a deep end, you know. But mm-hmm. I I'm not sure why I'm not, I haven't really thought about it that much to be honest. But I I'm always like, isn't there a way of getting rid of Kickstarter and doing it like you know like yeah that- without Kickstarter? 
you know, that, that's so, you know yeah i w- yeah. i've heard that before from people and when we've talked about that before but it's like okay. it's you know a, per- a percentage you pay them yeah what like doesn't it end up being like 10 percent or something mike that you I don't know. The whole thing, the whole thing shakes out to like three percent to Kickstarter and five percent to the credit card processor. So it's relatively negligible. But the other benefit, the other thing you got to remember is, is that things people don't think about is like, okay, yeah, so you're paying them this percentage to host it, but the benefits of having it on a searchable platform with a huge search engine uh, accessible to it that also is feeding back to Google, that's getting pedestrians, Google pedestrians interested. It's huge. benefit of that on the long term i mean these are long-term goal things you know but it's like that's part of getting into that platform and and being a part of that because if they benefit from you if they get clicks and they get exposure to their advertisers because of you then they're going to promote you and you end up in advanced search categories you can get pick of the week Mm -hmm. you get all of this beneficial exposure that you couldn't get otherwise so it's it's really kind of a win-win yeah yeah about that that's it's something to think about it's something to think about if you're having trouble financing things um of your own but i, I wanted to ask you do you, are what do you do you do like a lot of commercial kind of work that that is stuff that you're you know not your art that you just do to make ends meet like yeah uh not not videos no not commercials i could never get into that like i did music videos for a while when you know i got into music videos when you could earn money you know, right. <laughs> um, I remember that, you know, the first music video I did was like 50 grand, you know, and, you know, and then the next one was 30 grand and then mm-hmm. the next one was 20 and then yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that all happened within a year, you know, wow. the bottom, I see the bottom falling out of it. And, and all the time you're like, oh, let me do some adverts. And like, no, you haven't done an advert. Um, and you're like, well, how do I get to do an advert? You have to do an advert. It's a, it's a catch 22 situation. And you're like, but a music video is an advert. And they're like, no, 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 it's not. And you're like, yeah, but it is. You know yeah, I mean? right. And so, you know, I mean, it's just the production companies you'd be involved with, they would just have, you know, they've got their own agenda and they, you know, they're pushing the hot directors and the hot directors, right. you know, you kind of, what ha- tends to happen, I know, you remember like, um, I mean, I've seen this so many times, but what tends to happen is that they will have uh, like a, a you know, a guy or a girl direct a music video um, that is it suddenly becomes a hit and mm-hmm. blows that band up. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, I know the guy who did the <clears throat> the original like Coldplay video, the yellow. You know, whether I'm not sure if you've seen it, where he's like, yeah, yeah. On the beat. yeah. And that was the, that was a mistake. You know, it, they literally. Um, they went to that beach and uh, the the idea was to have loads of clowns, uh, you know, like juggling behind them and all this crap, you know, (laughs) and it it just pissed and it just pissed down with rain and no one turned up because they thought the shoot was canceled. Oh, wow. So he just goes, all right, just walk along the beach and we can't do anything else. And, and then that video, he'd done a lot of videos before this guy, James, I mean, I, you know, I know him and, but that really blew up and, um, I've seen that happen a few times. If you get attached to that, right. then every you can write an advert. You know what I mean? Because right. you're a hot, you're a hot property. But the chances of fun. the chances of that are so slim. You know, ca- catching something yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, no, completely. yeah. Are you are you yeah. trying to? I mean, is your ultimate goal to try and um, start directing features? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So absolutely, all your ener- all your energies. Tons. What's that? <laughs> I've written tons. I mean, I've been writing. I've been writing for the last like pretty solidly for the last fifteen years. So wow. I've got I've got about six. I mean, it's a feature that we're developing at the moment. Um, sort of science, sci-fi, horror, comedy. It's not really horror, but it's weird. And um, that's what I want to do next. Um, uh, it's a film called Exit. And um, it, uh, it, but I've been involved with yeah a, a number of films. Um, I was developing a feature of Warp, um, like about you know Warp Records. They they've got a film division, and mm. um, they uh, yeah I was developing one there about ten years ago, twelve years ago, something like that. Um, called um, Say You Love Satan about um, you know black metal kids sort of burning down churches, you know? mm. <laughs> and, um, it, and that was a comedy as well because. <laughs> To me, there's nothing funnier than people who want to be serious, you know, like, right. really evil. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? I oh, man. Like, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I, I have a hard time taking a lot of that music seriously because it's so, yes. they, you know, because they take themselves too seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I have a really hard time with anything which doesn't have, like, this, any sense of humor, right. you know, about it. So I, I, it has to have some sense of humor um, for me to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Generally, you know there are there are exceptions, but um, but you know the, the things I find fun, I'll, you know I find funny. Most people won't find funny. So <laughs> yeah, it can relate. <laughs> yeah, you know, Shining, you know, the Shining for me is hysterical. Right? <laughs> um, so um, yeah, God, I love, it. but um, yeah. So um, yeah, I've been developing things, but what you know, again, what generally tends to happen is you know you get paid, and the things just don't get picked up, or the money oh, people. Okay, okay, that's so right. they look at what you're doing and they go. In say, Love Satan's case, the, the I don't really know what happened with it, but we know we got paid a lot of money to write it and you know produce the you know whatever, and then they went to the UK Film Council and they just went nope. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> and you're like, any feedback? Nope. You know, and then. I learned that the guy, um, I think his name is John Woodward. Um, the guy in charge was like a devout Christian. You know? Oh, there and, you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You know, it's whatever. I mean, I'm not sure if that really was the, the explanation. I, I have no oh, idea what the explanation probably. was. It sounds was. like probably. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. You know, <laughs> the most know, obvious yeah. explanation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems seemed obvious. Yeah. So That's um, got to be frustrating, you, you know, though. Yeah. I mean, the first Developing happens, things and. You know, it's cool to get paid to develop things, but never, but then never having getting to make them. I mean, I know people that I've known, I know people that have been doing development deals for like years on something and it's just like, they got to work on stuff and then present it at a meeting. And then six months later, they have to have another meeting with some new artwork and, you know, and it just goes on and on like that for years and it never gets made. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the trick that I've learned is basically just not wait for people. You know, like, you know, as soon as there's, there's some, I mean, obviously I've never made a feature, so I, I could be talking my, at my ass, but the, um, I, there's definitely something when people see you going in one direction that they recognize, okay, if I don't hop on that bus, I could miss something. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, you know, if you're presenting stuff and you've got people scratching their chins and going like, mm, yeah, maybe not. Often the best thing is to go like, okay, 
you know, just call them up and go like, okay, you have, you've got two days to make a decision. Otherwise I'm going somewhere else, you know, and, um, mm. and you have to, you have to be, you, you can't be bullshitting either. You, they could say smell it. Right. Um, and you, you know, you have to have somewhere else to go, but, um, that, that tends to work, I think. And, uh, you know, I was at a talk by, um, Ed Newmeyer the other day, like last week, who, you know, did write Starship Troopers and Robocop. Mm. And he said exactly the same thing. You know, he, he said he was the one who, you know, got Robocop and Starship Troopers going, you know, it was his persistence that did that, you know, mm. and in both cases, it was about six, six to eight years, you know? Yeah. Um, crazy. You know, but you you do have to do that. So, if those are the odds you're up against, um, yeah, you just got to persevere with it. Um, but it's you, you learn a lot. You know, yeah, you, you learn a sure. lot falling on your own. So it's it's kind of fun. I mean, I've got I've probably got about ten years worth of work that no one's ever seen and and can't see. You know, right, right. It's tied up in like you know some deal or you know what i mean or yeah. you know yeah and it's annoying you know it's annoying because you you can't show your work and then people you sort of disappear off the radar and whatever but it you know that's what, what, it's fine what do you think the what would be the the least amount of money you would you would for for not you know for the entire budget for a feature that you would be willing to be a part of like what's the lowest budget you would go oh like a hundred grand because that could that is pretty easily raised on yeah yeah i mean we, we we're talking like with you know the guy you know the, the script i've written at the moment which you know it's aimed it's about like half a million you know so mm -hmm. um well we haven't really i've literally we just got the you know it was just talking to the producer yet you know like last week and you know he's like okay so I, I, i'm just in the you know the process of doing a breakdown on that and mm -hmm. stuff but um, the and we you know we got we needs to rewrite on the script, so you know it's really really early days. Right. Um, but I, you know, I like low budget. I there's things that that come up with big budget films that are just, you know, I mean, you know the stories, you oh, know, yeah. they're just. But you can also, I mean, you could use a Kickstarter. You could use a Kickstarter to create, you know, a pilot. You could use trailer. a Kickstarter to make a trailer. You could use a Kickstarter to do, I mean, anything you, you want. And the truth is, is that then you have this, this piece of the puzzle and it's the way you wanted it to be, you know? And the thing is like with, I like to paint monsters. I did two for that, two different Kickstarters for one project. And I never gave away that film as a reward on either of them. So it's, okay. it's a misnomer too, that it's like, Oh, cause you're making the thing that you give the thing away. Well, yeah, you can, but it's up to you. It's what you want to do. It's how you want to format it. That's how you structure it. And so, yeah, there yeah. are rules, you know, you can't, you can't give people illegal drugs as rewards. And, you know, there's some Damn obvious it. shit. But at oh, the same oh. time, yeah, right? Yeah, he's like, I'm out. Fuck it. Um, I knew the there was something is, I hated about that. They have to you come know, around my house, right? <laughs> There's so much you could do with it, you know? And and that's, even if you raise a hundred grand to make, you know, a trailer, it's like you could then take that trailer and you've got this piece that you can then pitch with that is so much stronger than just a script and a person standing there chat, chatting about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've done. I did a trailer for a film we were developing called "The Man Everyone Hated," and um, <laughs> it didn't really work. You know, it was kind of. But I mean, I've got really good. You know, everyone who read the script loved it. But um, you know, the the problem the problem we had with it was that the 
the lead character was had to be old. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there's very, very few elderly actors who could do the part, right. you know, in the way that I wanted. So, and the guy that I wanted to do, it wasn't famous, you know, right. so you're, you're kind of stuck, you know, I just, so that, that was, you know, that again, that's a, that was a sort of, um, it might get made in the future, you know, but um, that was, a, yeah, that was just a learning experience, you know, but it was good. You know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed doing that. But then the next one, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to go ahead and make it. I'm just going to go in and go, do you want this? Do you want this? And if, if people arm and are about it, I'm just going to walk and go somewhere else. Yeah. I can't, I can't, just can't bear the waiting around. It just bores me. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the problem, the problem, the problem with that, that executive level of filmmaking is that the, the producers are constantly working. You know, the people at the top are constantly working, but they, they really, really don't understand like how demoralizing it is for a, a filmmaker or someone that you, you know you want you know you, after two years of waiting like your oh, yeah. energies can't yeah. be bothered and you know what i mean you, yeah they don't give a um, shit either a lot of them they just don't even nah. know it's just you know it's just like it's like a it's like they're bankers it's just like you know yeah. or, you know it's cut and dried business decision there's no like art to it <laughs> you know it's not oh, like, no. they're, they're not thinking in artistic terms at all no. you know they're just but like, you you know Make one hundred and fifty thousand on a Kickstarter and make a, an amazing low budget indie film that reps you hard, and then you know you've got a better chance with the bigger executives wanting to give you money for a script idea in the next time because they saw that, oh shit, this guy just did this all on his own, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. We're we're yeah, but, we're evangelical about the Kickstarter, as you can tell, having yeah, yeah, that's, run some that's successful crazy. ones. <laughs> Well, I mean, I grossed it out, Chad, over over six years. All uh, all the Kickstarters, including yours, that I've I've been involved in, I've helped myself and others raise together four hundred and fifty two thousand dollars in six years. You know, and that's that's and especially that there's the learning curve of like I don't know what I'm doing to I kind of know what I'm doing to I still kind of only know what I'm doing to you know eventually yeah okay I know what I'm doing now but. You know, so it's it, there definitely is an ability there to generate uh, funds to do the kinds of things you want to do without having to jump through the, those classic hoops for yeah. sure. And that's right. We are evangelical about it. <laughs> Patreon, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that I think there's a major schism between Hollywood and new media. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> I think think they're shitting it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not just shitting it about Netflix, but they're also you know it's it's very you know that bubble is is you know it's i i can't see that being sustainable right Um, mainly because it's it's kind of i don't know i mean hollywood's just so toxic you know yeah Um, (laughs) it is as a you know just the film industry is so toxic and like if you can work with your friends and people you like right then why wouldn't exactly you know you know yeah do, do you well, know you could do it and you could do whatever you want with it. I mean, that's like even again to get back to what Pete was saying about Patreon, it's kind of cool because you know, you can go in there and make your own rules. It's like one of my Patreons right now. I'm I'm releasing a horror film I'm making episodically as a miniseries so people can watch it clip by clip, you know, and it's like why not? You can do anything you want. It's like a a live experience of something that's happening. It's a whole different way to interface with media and it's just going to keep going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I find it I find it really weird the way that, you know, like it seems to be becoming more um you know, like Hollywood is becoming more homogenized, but YouTube is the opposite. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. 
and you're like, what is going? You know, what is going? On? I mean, I know they cherry pick from you know YouTube. You see things on YouTube, and they end up in movies or whatever. And Hollywood traditionally has homogenized, right? What I mean, that's what it kind of does. You know, it sells yeah, movies yeah. to the world. It has to, but it seems to be very yeah. It seems to be really fighting that. And you're like, you're not going to win. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it's a losing guard. battle. Yeah. That's the passing of the guard. You know, there's always the kicking and screaming of the old guard as the new yeah. guard comes in. Hey, Domin yeah. Dominic, have you, do you know Guillermo del Toro? No. You never met him? No. No, I was, I was going to meet him. He was going to come down to your art show in London. Do you remember? But then he. Oh, that's right. Movie. That's right. But, but you guys haven't corresponded or. Oh, shit. No, Does he know your work? Well, I sent you the email to pass on to him, but, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I wonder if I he's seen your, like, yeah. your, your short films and stuff. Because if he hasn't, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll definitely send it I, to him. No, I'd love you to, yeah. He would I, love I your work. I know he would love your work. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'd love him to love my and he, work, yeah. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> a great, he's a great person to work with, too. He's He's, like, one of the... Exceptions yeah. to me, as far as you know, working in the industry, it's like him or Tool. I would do stuff for Tool, Guillermo del Toro, yeah. maybe one or two other people. Other than that, I just kind of stay away. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, no, I, I've I've heard nothing but good things about him, frankly, and he yeah. always comes across really. Well. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's he he is like he appears in, you know, he's the same way in person as he appears in interviews and stuff. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's, that's, that, that's really nice to hear. The, um, I have a feeling that he might have seen some. You know, I can't remember though. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I kind of think that I have sent him a link to the eel before, but I should do it again. I'll do it. I'll, maybe I can do that. This uh, is your reminder. It's my from yeah. the universe. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems a shame, you know. You guys are, you know, so aesthetically. You, you guys drive well and he's cool and you're cool. And so it just seems like you guys should be working together, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good note to end the podcast on work with Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So is there any, uh, uh, you, 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 you wanted to promote your website, which is Dominic and we'll, we'll have that, um, in the links. Yeah, right in the description in the description links yeah. everyone should check it out because it's just incredible stuff and i'm not just saying that I'm really not yeah i really is mean. there anything else you wanted to talk about it did go by fast but we're already like at an hour 15 did you yeah. you're you're a big orgy uh, of the dead fan right <laughs> don't you like orgy of the dead yeah. that movie the bad movie yeah i like night of the ghouls i think night of the ghouls <laughs> It, if you want to talk about movies like um, From Hell It Came, that's my favorite. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that one. I'm gonna write You've that never down. seen From Hell It Came? No. I'm going to look it up. Okay. The, the one with the tree monster. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> that, that, that's the best one. And the, the second best bad movie is, uh, is a film called the, the Stabilizer. Have you ever seen that? No. You, you're you're in, turning in, me on to a whole other level. Okay, that is one of the best films ever made. It's probably the most enjoyable film ever made. Okay. It's an Indonesian action movie, you okay. know. Um, yeah, The Stabilizer. It's released by Troma and, um, from, uh, yeah, from Hell It Came, which is a, a walking tree movie, um, okay. which is just fucking brilliant. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, Night of the Yeah, Night of the Ghouls. Night like. of the Ghouls is great. I forgot about that one. Yeah, and all, there's all so the many. Guys, I think those both of those are better than Plan Nine. Plan Nine yeah. gets all the you know. I just watched Plan Nine recently, and it's great, but it's no Orgy of the Dead. No, <laughs> Chet, no. can you? Can you pull up Patreon so you can read off the people? Because if I have to log into it, it's oh, going to yeah. do the email Hold thing with you. Yeah, yeah. Hold I can tell you where we left off last time by looking up this previous episode. Yeah, I think Mike's got to run, so we're going to have to end this, okay. Dominic. But um, we'd definitely, I'd love to have you on again if you ever want to come on again. Because, um, you know, yeah. there's, no, absolutely. Absolutely. there's a lot of um, stuff I didn't get to ask you this time. And uh, I, I it, it'll be cool to have you on again after people are more, you know, some of the fans of the podcast are more familiar with your work if they're not already. Um, and we get some uh, questions. We, could, we from, can definitely have him on again. He's been an awesome, awesome uh, guest. The last Thank one you. that we m- mentioned, Chet, was, that was Max. So anybody after Max. Okay. Hold on a second. Sorry. Sorry, Dominic. I gotta, we got to. Yeah, sorry. Care. I. We're dealing with here. all this techie, this techie stuff. But patrons of the Dark Art Society Patreon get mentioned on the episode that they become a patron on. So Chet's looking those up, okay. and I would normally have this already, but I don't because of my already mentioned problems. Okay, Max Fenrir is the last one. Yep. Okay, indeed. Next, we've got Tamson Battershill, Willie Works, and Linnea Strid. Ooh, Linnea's oh, sweet. a great painter, a photo, photo real painter. She's awesome. It's great to have her on, yes, on the board. Thank you. Everybody else, too. Thank you all for joining the Dark Art Society. Yes, and thank you, Dominic, for being on the show. It was very yeah, fun. Yeah, man, it's I, been great. We could have gone easily, uh, easily another hour. And everyone, check out his website and check out the eel, and you'll see, we'll see what blew my mind in the very beginning. Yeah, it's amazing. Chet sent it to Thanks me very much. Yeah. twice immediately in a row, so... So, like I said, if you want to see a real live genius, he's a he's a, he's a real live genius. He's a real live genius. He's the real thing. I say that about a few people. I say that about Ulrich, and he is a he's a genius, artistic genius also, and you are an artistic genius. And I'm saying it. That's all there is to say. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Mike. And if you guys want to join the Dark Art Society, you guys can go to patreon.com forward slash Dark Art Society to become a member. One dollar rewards for people, three dollars, six dollar, nine dollar, and so forth. Yes. Thank you for those who are supporting. Thank you very much. We'll catch you guys next Wednesday and Tuesday for the pre-release. For those that are patrons, they get it a day early. Yay. <laughs> All right, Dominic. Thank you. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers, Jack. Cheers, Mike. All right. Peace. Thank Bye, you. everybody.